Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cloud and Clear, SADA's cloud transformation podcast. I'm your host, Brian Suk, and today we are pleased to introduce Adrian Nastala from Starburst, who is a field CDO to the show. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. I just got to ask straight out of the gate, Adrian, who do you got there behind you? So a lot of you might be wondering about these uh, reptiles behind me. And so first, there's no snakes, right? Uh, and there are a number of different kinds of reptiles. Quick history here is it was a COVID project with the kids gone wrong. Uh, we thought it'd be fun to kind of create some ecosystems with the kids. Uh, and so we built these, these different types of environments. And I've got uh, blue tongue skinks. I've got a, a bearded dragon. I've got a ton of geckos because they keep multiplying a ton of frogs for the same reason. Um, and a chameleon. And I've got about 2000 insects actually directly he behind me here that I use to feed them. And so uh, after the kids got sick of them, they didn't want them in the room. They ended up in dad's office. And so welcome to my little own reptile world or my data world. Cool. Uh, so just wanted to get out of the gates and, and introduce the the listeners to Starburst. So if you have a, like a little bit of a opening pitch or a general description of Starburst so people can get uh, get a better understanding of what you do and what the uh, company does and what kind of problem space the, the tool solves, that would be a good place to start. And I think the, the best way that I know how to talk about Starburst is to talk about how I was introduced to Starburst uh, as, as a customer. So I was a CDO. Uh, and I had a sales team come up to me uh, to talk to me about Starburst. And I was at a massive organization, a big oil company, uh, a lot of different users. I had 36 lakes, 10,000 apps. Um, so I had a lot of data and I had a lot of people trying to access the data. And so I was curious about this, this product. I was really curious about Trino. Uh, and as they started talking to talk to me about Trino, uh, what they really shared with me, it was exciting, right? The idea of being able to, one, use federated access to connect to data where it sits. That was that was something that I was really interested in because I had data all over the place. I was a multi-cloud. Uh, I still had a large on-premise environment. So it was struggling really to understand how to connect the data sets. But I also had these lakes, right? And so we talked a bit about this lake house architecture, which is something that's new for us. We weren't really calling it lake house back then. But back then, they were talking about how we could actually use the lakes with the federated solutions um, and accelerate access to those lakes and accelerate access to those federated solutions and kind of bring that data forward to a number of different consumers. Got me excited, but I remember telling the sales guy, I said, you know, you're selling it wrong, right? There, there's so many different ways to use that. And so when I talk about Starburst, um, I like to put it into the lens of what problem a customer is trying to solve. And so oftentimes our customers are trying to solve these big 360 problems, customer 360, patient 360, veteran 360, finance 360. 360 problem is trying to say simply, I want to get a full view of all my data. Um, and to get a full view of your data, you need to be able to access it where it sits, as I just described, leveraging your lakes if you can. And to really, really kind of harness the power of all that data, you got to put it into a format or a model that your consumer can, can actually use, right? And so gone are the days for data engineers and architects where all we had to worry about was just building big pipelines, right? If I can simplify those pipelines by saying, don't migrate the data if you don't have to, I think the, the new days, so to speak, the new approaches and really trying to focus on how to make that data useful, right? And so uh, that's where I love to introduce the term data products. And so within Starburst, one of the really things, big things that I think differentiates us is not just the data product itself, but more importantly, the way that we build data products with a query engine, the way that we deliver data products um, through our, our catalog, and ultimately the way that we allow different types of consumers 
in a very high concurrent, high performing fashion to be able to connect the data products and use them. And so uh, I'm not a sales guy, but I get really excited when you ask me about the product. So there, there's a quick answer. I mean, if you're excited about the product, that's probably a good sign, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, so I'm curious, uh, throughout what you've seen in your customer interactions, I'm curious if you have any any thoughts on the evolution of the customer type. So like what what kinds of problem, have you, have you seen the problem landscape change over time? Have you seen customers adopt the technology in different ways? Are there any just overarching trends that you've seen over the years that might be interesting? Yeah, I mean, from my previous experience, um, the, the challenge we were trying to solve just, I, you know, I started cloud migration um, at my old organization in 2016, right? Um, and it was amazing how we, at that time, we were focused on a single cloud provider. Um, within a year and a half, we had agreed that wasn't going to work for us. And so we were up to two cloud providers. Um, and I think that's one of the big changes is that the large acceptance, right? I was on stage with Google. Uh, in Singapore at a presentation, we asked the audience, how many of you are on one provider? Nobody, two providers, some people, three providers, four providers, five providers. How many people in the audience were on, the majority, by the way, were on three or more providers. And so I think the first challenge is just the, the acceptance that we live in a hybrid cloud world. That's just the reality. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, so that's one challenge has changed. I think the other challenge has changed is we've gotten a lot smarter I remember when we I started my own cloud migration exercise. To be fair, I lost tens of millions of dollars my first year doing migration the wrong way, and there wasn't a template. There wasn't um, there weren't any experts out there. I didn't have SATA. I wish I did, uh, but we did a lot of that the wrong way. Uh, we picked the wrong workloads for the cloud. We migrated the the wrong way. The the we didn't really have a COE at the time to really guide all the different teams who were trying to get there. There was this promise of the cloud, reliability, security, better cost performance, but it felt like you could snap a finger and get it. And that just wasn't the case, right? You had to refactor in many cases, you had to really think about what you moved and how you moved it. And so um, I think the new challenge with organizations like SADA, so I'll brag about you guys a little bit. I think when you can get that guidance, uh, I think it helps a lot, right? And not only does it accelerate the journey, you're making the right choices. Does everything fit in the cloud? Not everything and not certainly for every company, right? But if you can make the right choices in the right order, I think you can get there a lot quicker. And for most organizations, they already have some footprint in the cloud. It's really about trying to figure out what to go next. And largely for some organizations, they're already also trying to figure out whether they want to keep stay in the cloud or whether they want to move to a different cloud. And so there's a lot of change going on. Yeah, and that's actually what, what I like about the whole architecture and the paradigm that you're all working in is the idea that it's not necessarily forcing or dictating one particular path, but it's more looking at the, you know, the customer space, the landscape and seeing what the right mix is and being able to enable whatever that right mix happens to be instead of saying it must be in one place, you know, it's just, hey, let's work with what you got. Let's work with where you're going and let's see what the right path is. So that that was a message that resonated with me. That, that right there, I think, is the message, right? Work with what you have uh, is the most important message. I think far too often. Um, we deal with customers, and even in my own experience, I, as a customer um, or as a, as a buyer, so to speak, was, you know, I was a solution we positioned to me, you must do, you have to do, you have to move that data there if you want to do that. Um, and that's just not true anymore, right? Uh, I think they have the option today to say, well, hold on a second, 
I can leave it there and still use it. I can still leverage Google Cloud capabilities, even for some of those on-prem data sources that just can't move for whatever reason. I can still leverage Google Cloud capabilities, even for some of that data that sits in a different cloud. That's a powerful capability because it means I can save money on migration, I can save time on migration, and I can just focus on insight and using the data. That kind of advice is interesting because I, I, one of the questions I like to ask is, you know, and this sort of acts as something that you might be able to use in the future with customer interactions. You can just kind of point them to this video instead of answering the same question over and over. <laughs> but uh, if if you had, you know, some some top words of advice for for people looking at these kind of multi cloud deployments or migrations, in some cases, um, if you if you have people who are looking to evaluate Starburst or incorporate Starburst in their data journey, what are some top pieces of advice or top things that people should keep in uh, keep in their minds as they go about this? I think if anybody tries to give big generic advice to everybody, I think you're probably going to get some pieces wrong. So I'll admit I may get some pieces wrong. But here's what I would say with based on my experiences and based on the customers that I deal with. I think first and foremost, I think we need to plan for change, right? I think uh, the, the idea that you're going to do something somewhere forever um, th that's not going to work. You need to plan for flexibility. I think that the second thing that we also have to consider is from a cost perspective, we have to be very careful about what we're committing to. Uh, we started committing to these big uh, cloud data warehouses uh, a few years ago, and, and then we realized it may not be cost effective to put all my data there, right? And so I've worked with Google quite a bit, and certainly Google BigQuery is a fantastic tool, but I love even when I work with Google where they offer other options and other choices, right? And so there are some data sets that maybe would make sense in a higher cost solution, like a big data warehouse. And then I think you also have to be fair and, and make sure that you're picking the right solution with that flexibility for the right use case. And oftentimes, and if I'm giving advice, I would say today and right now, pause and take a look at that lake, right? Uh, take a look at a lake house architecture within Google. That's gonna give you some of the same power um, that maybe you're looking for. And so maybe you need Google BigQuery for some solutions. Maybe you need a lake house for other solutions. That kind of optionality, I think, is exactly what companies need. I think that's good advice for, for anybody. The last thing I would say uh, is that, and I, I hinted on this earlier, I think we need to absolutely focus on the consumer. And the consumer does not care where your data sits. Uh, all they care about is being able to get to it. And so if I'm leveraging Google capabilities, I don't care and don't know if all my data is in Google. I'm just in love with the capabilities. And when I say capabilities, I'm not talking about raw data capabilities in the back end. I'm talking about maybe data products in the front end, right? Data capabilities that make sense to the consumer. And so that last piece of advice is really around trying to build solutions that simplify data for the consumer. That's what that's the game right now, right? The end game is to get to a point where the consumer can use that data effortlessly. That's the end game. And we're, we're far away from it. But I do think that we're all taking the right steps. And I feel I hope we are taking the right steps to get there. And one of those right steps is data products. Another one of those right steps is being flexible with where we put our data. Another one of those right steps also is making sure that we're picking the right tool for the right use case. And so certainly excited for all that come together. Hopefully we can get there faster before I have to retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh being in the uh, being in the problem space that you work in uh, and and doing the kind of work that you do, I'm sure you've had to interact with and, and get experience with all the different major cloud providers out there. With respect to GCP specifically, I'm I'm 
curious if you have any uh, if you have any thoughts on any particular differentiators or any or anything in your experience working with Google Cloud that sort of stuck out to you as oh this is actually kind of cool I haven't seen this anywhere else is there anything that comes to mind in that area I, I love Google's flexibility uh, for, I think you have to say that first I uh, I, w- I should say I work across all the clouds and so I have some great cloud partners and to, to I don't want to say anything bad about any of my cloud partners. I will say I work with Google and a, def- a number of different customers, um, and I love the flexibility. I love being able to walk into a room, uh, put, leave the badges at the door, put a problem on the board, and then be open about how to solve it. And Google, I think, at least in my personal experience, is the only one where we can sit in the room. Um, I did, had this happen to me in Singapore, I'll say again, where I was with Google, and they were like, yeah, you can leave the data there. Um, here's how we're going to get to it. Here's how we're going to use Dataplex and Starburst to kind of get to that data where it sits. That saved that customer a ton of money and time, right? Because they didn't have to worry about migration. But it was really that attitude that Google brought forth, that flexibility to say, I'm here to help you solve a problem, um, not trying to force you to bring everything here yet, right? If the customer wants to do that later, go ahead. And I think that's one of the big differentiators. The other thing I would say also is that I see, and you see with all the cloud providers to be fair, but I, I really, one of, I had a friend to be, I may have a bias, but I had a friend that used to work uh, on the AI side over at Google. And I, this is a couple of years ago, and I, I was so impressed. I said, I think some of the stuff you guys do inside of Google doesn't get enough press. Some of the AI work that you're doing on, it just, it almost feels like it's not um, as visible as it should be to others. And I think lately you're starting to see more and more of that come out. But I'm really excited about what Google is doing in the AI space specifically. Um, and I want more of that to come out and more of that to really come to bear on some of the customers' problems. So Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but you you did touch upon a topic I wanted to I wanted to pull on that thread for a brief moment, but uh, you did mention AI towards the end of your answer. And yeah. in, you know, it wouldn't be a 2023 session if we didn't <laughs> mention AI at least once. So you know the obligatory. Right? Yeah. yeah, the the call out to that. But um when, you know, the, but the reality is, is that AI is top of mind for a lot of customers and a lot of executive boards and, and things of that nature. When, when organizations are looking to leverage machine learning and artificial intelligence technologies, uh, how, how, do you, uh, how do you see or where do you see the place of a technology like Starburst to be able to enable customers in that kind of journey? And what kind of, uh, how do you all look at AI from the lens of what you do? Yeah, thank you for that question. It's a, it is a very hot topic. Before I get into the answer, though, I uh, funny thing about buzzwords. I so in my uh, I don't know about long career. I don't feel like I've been around that long. Maybe I have, but in my twenty five years or so, I, I'm going to start tracking all the buzzwords, right? And so early on, the buzzword was Y two K, right? If y'all remember that, uh, that was the buzzword. Everything was Y two K. If you were in consulting, you sold everything around Y two K. Uh, and then it was like Sarbanes-Oxy was another buzzword. And then it was outsourcing was another buzzword. And then it was next gen. If you were in security, everything was next gen. Uh, and then cloud came around. It was like IaaS, PaaS, and SaaS were the buzzwords. Everybody had that. And, and then fast forward now, the, the, the buzzword is, is AI. I, uh, I, have to, I say that because I think we should be careful with, with what that means. I do think AI is, and is way bigger than any of those other topics even put together, I think AI has uh, is going to have a much is already having a much bigger impact. But I do worry about people flashing that that term around uh, without really understanding what they're offering or really offering anything. Right? You can call anything AI. You walk into a 
you know, a big uh, conference and everyone's got it on their billboard. So I'm very careful when I talk about AI and especially when I talk about what Starburst does with AI. And so I always talk about it in four lenses, right? Um, the first one is really just feeding the engine, right? A lot of the customers we work with and a lot of the data science teams we work with, their first problem is just getting the data, right? I could do this great thing with this algorithm, but I could just get the darn data, right? And so feeding the engine using some of those federation approaches or that lake house approach or lake approach that I described earlier is fantastic, right? Being able to get to the data is challenge number one. So from an AI perspective, feed the engine, I think is, is the first piece of light to talk about and an area where we easily help customers. You also have to look at the ecosystem. You asked me a question earlier about advice. I should have said ecosystem, right? Uh, a great piece of advice for anybody starting their AI journey uh, or anybody starting their cloud journey is, is you have to think about the ecosystem. Integration is key, right? And so AI is no different. When you think about that AI e ecosystem and you think about that supply chain, um, building data and building data products specifically, talk, talk about AI and data products, AI is already having an incredible impact on the automation of data products. Um, I can use things like Copilot to write the code, right? I can use um, AI knowledge graph, something that's brand new that people are talking about that we've been talking about for a long time, but I feel like just recently, it, it's starting to become more, um, more realistic or more practical. I'm starting to see different companies at least pushing out a solution there. And so AI knowledge graphs are starting to enter the ecosystem as a way to accelerate the data product development. Um, and I love, we have some customers that use ChatGPT to engage with, to either ask about data products or actually ask ChatGPT to write them a query to create a data product. And so um, AI and the, and the automation of that supply chain is exciting. One thing, other thing I'll add there as well is AI and data governance, right? Um, if you're moving to the cloud, the first thing you realize is I have a lot of data and it's not all well mapped, right? Uh, so that's the first thing I realized, right? Back in 2016. Um, and so you want to take, a, if you can, you want to take an opportunity in that migration. If you've got a good partner like Seda, maybe you take advantage, you start to say, let's see if we can start to classify some of this data. Let's see if we can start to map some of this data. It's hard to do manually, uh, almost impossible, I think, in some cases. And so you're starting to see more and more AI tools. And some of these have been around for a couple of years already, or AI can help with data classification. AI can help with data quality. Um, AI can also help with things like, you know, I saw someone come out yesterday or last week, sorry, not yesterday, with this uh, AI data contracts and, and not to write the contract, but to govern the contract. And so I think AI and data governance is another really, really exciting area where you can see the ecosystem, right? And so I'm talking Starburst and its partners, right? You can start to see the ecosystem really starting to come up with new solutions. And then if we do all that right from data governance to the actual data product development to feeding the AI engine, I think ultimately what we're trying to do, as I said earlier, is trying to create a better user experience for that end user, right? Make everything faster and easier for them, right? Greater speed and greater accuracy in the data that they're getting. So yeah, it's certainly a very hot space and I'm, I'm so happy that I'm here right now. I feel like I've waited my whole career for this moment. Uh, and, we, and, we're, and Brian, we're in it, man. This is, this is awesome. This yeah. Is great. yeah. Yeah, and you actually touched upon a few points that I actually hold very dear as well. I mean, the the whole idea that you got to get your data right first, right? You can't, if you don't get your data right, you don't have anything to train the models on. And if you don't have any good governance controls on it, you can't trust the data or the results that the AI gives you. So that's that's such a crucial message. And I appreciate that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll say that Brian, real quick is that I think it's, you have to get your data right. Um, and you have to get your data right fast, right? There isn't a business yeah. in the world right now that's saying, we've decided to postpone our AI projects till 2026 because we're going to take three <laughs> years to get the data right. Now, 
Yes, you have to get the data right, and but if you're smart about how you do it, you can get the right data right fast, and that that's the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, we are coming up on time though, and so I did want to give you the floor to you know give you the last word on this. So, if there's anything you want to talk about the product, anything exciting coming down the road, any crystal ball projections you got. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you got the last word. Floor is yours. Uh, I won't say. I think we've talked a lot about the product. Certainly, I'm, I'm very passionate about it. Uh, we've talked about AI. Obviously, uh, both of us are really excited about it. So, nothing else to add there. I'll just say thank you so much for hosting me. Uh, thank you uh, for kind of letting me talk a little bit about Starburst and a lot about AI and data products. And so excited to see uh, where Seda's going. You guys are a fantastic partner, and so uh, I love talking about you both with customers and internally. So, thank you. Cool. And thank you for the time. And thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate your insights, Adrian. It's, it's absolutely a pleasure to be getting to talk to you. And uh, if you're out there listening, be sure to like and subscribe uh, to our channel and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.